Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, and I'm joined on this episode with Rick Gromlich, per usual, and again, I guess per usual for 2021 so far, we forgot to record the intro. So it's just me on here. But today we are talking about the gathering and sending of the church. We look at four characteristics of the church, that it's covenantal, confessional, missional, and spatio-temporal slash eschatological. Some big words there. We will unpack all of it, but I love this topic, and we hope you also enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Simple Theology. We already said this in the podcast. The podcast Canadian intro. Theology to Everyday Life. Oh. Remember, remember we record the intro after the fact? It's it's an outro. That gets placed it's an at intro. the intro. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. What up, Rob? Hey, hey, Rick. How you doing? Good, man. Welcome to 2021. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom, here. my dad. For, Ma? First, Ma? <laughs> first and foremost for, uh, yeah bringing me into this world did i show you that gif of uh will smith like kind of looking glum no is that gif sorry is that mean he's kind of looking glum and he's he's looking down just you could tell like there are tears in his eyes mm-hmm. and it is something that somebody somebody said um and says if will smith is saying it does it concern anybody else that the name of this year is 2021 w-o-n <laughs> <laughs> 2020 won the victory <laughs> like 2021 W-O-N. I, I saw something where someone's like, what if something similar like does it bother anyone that it's still twenty twenty? Because it's still in the twenty twenties. It's still it's still twenty it's twenty twenty one. Yeah. So it was like twenty twenty, I can't wait to get out of twenty twenty. It's like it's still twenty twenty. Yeah. Just twenty twenty one. That's all. Point one. What if for the next ten years it just progressively gets worse. Oh my word! It's like ten years of plagues, and, and like we'll, this is just like the beginning. Twenty 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 point zero was <laughs> just like the just like the beta. It was it is like the um it's like the prelude music. Uh huh. Bring it on! It ends with like World War Z. That would be like twenty twenty four after everyone gets the vaccine. Dude, I'm not, not that we're saying not to get the vaccine. Are guys. you getting the vaccine? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Not entirely confident in getting it right now. Not yeah. that I'm not that I'm like I'm I'm not anti-vax guy. Like that's, you're one of those people, aren't you? Anti-vaxxers. I'm not. <laughs> um, I but but I'm also just like wisely, just like, slightly cautious. Yeah, cautious. And again, that's not yeah. to say that like I won't. It's not to say that I'll never get it. But here, here's the here's my take. I am Sorry. Just, yeah. I'm not going to be the first one in line. Well, people have already gotten it, so and I wasn't the first one in line. Yeah. Not that so I even you, had a choice. Yeah, I don't think you had a choice. <laughs> Move aside, Mike. Yeah. Mike Pence. Uh, Rob Kane, for, first <laughs> in the world to get a vaccine. No, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I think that um, you know the the reality is we've been using vaccines for 
decades. I mean, decades and decades, and there no doubt is going to be some negative ramification for that. Yeah. Anytime you uh, are messing with anything, there's always mm-hmm. going to be the, the downside. But it appears like overall they they have um, at least you think about the different pandemics over the last you know yeah. fifty or hundred years. Yeah. So I'm not freaking out about it. No, if it if it if I end up having to get it, like I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna lose any sleep over that. I just, I'm not gonna. How do you feel about shots? Getting a shot? Are you a needle? Like do needles oh, bother you? Oh, like just yeah, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't. Anyone like, that's like a huge fan of. You're asking. You're asking like just get a shot in the arm. Yeah. How do you no, feel about not, it? I don't. I don't like that. Okay. Yeah. I've had them done several times. I just not. Some people it doesn't bother them at all. Like not yeah. even face. Like like getting like drawing blood. Yeah. Like I'm not good with either of those. I've done. When, I've done all of them. I just when you say not good, is that like eh, I don't really care for it, or like no, like no, one of the last times I gave, one of the last times I gave blood, yeah. they um like I'm I'm a white pasty guy. Like yeah. I'm I'm not um, dark complected by any sense of the term. And <laughs> I was sitting there. This is true. And I'm giving blood, and one of the nurses comes over, and they're like, "Hey, what?" Why don't we lay him down? He's looking really white. He's a little pale. He doesn't look good. And I was, I'm like feeling like I'm about to fall over or something. And they're like, yeah, let, let's lay him down. <laughs> so they laid me down. Like, okay. What were you giving blood for? Uh, free ticket to Cedar Point. <laughs> I got to get the ticket. Yeah. Guess guess who used the ticket? Who? Nobody. No way. What happened? I got the ticket and just we never ended up going. Oh. Yes. High price for nothing, but you helped no, someone with price. your blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously, yeah. you saved a life, Rob. Pat, I don't go know. ahead, pat yourself on the back for that, yeah, please. You know what? There's a pat. Two All pats, right. actually. Well, anyway, Rob, we appreciate you giving blood. Oh, thanks. But Jesus spilled his blood mm, he for did. his church. That, you know what? Doggone it. You're right. So let's talk and about that's that. That's far more important than what we think about Cedar Point previous tickets? stuff. Yes. Okay. So today we are talking about the gathering and sending mm-hmm. of the church. That's right. So, um, I mean, we've mentioned Sojourners and Strangers to you guys. It's a great book. On, it's a book. On the doctrine, on the of, doctrine the church. of the church. Um, Greg Allison is one of the professors at Southern and one of my favorite professers. Um, he's part of Harbor Network, mm-hmm. which we're part of. Yep. Nice shirt there. Oh, thank you. I'm wearing my Harbor Network shirt. And Was that, was that planned? It wasn't, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, and we've been very blessed by this book and yes. there are, there are tons and, and one of the disclaimers that sadly you have to make, but, um, I feel bad even making cause Greg Allison is just such a great teacher, um, and great theologian, <laughs> but, but he really messed up on this. There, there's almost no book out there where you're going to say, I agree with everything in that and no book of like decent size. Mm-hmm. And could this, you, could you probably name one book that you're like outside of the Bible that you're like, yep, hundred percent, all of it. Like big book, any book oh, at yeah. all. I, Throw the one first out. one that comes to mind is "What Is the Gospel" by okay. Greg Gilbert. Okay, like pretty small book, yeah. and I would nod along very heartily. That is the gospel. All right, good deal. There you go. Check so, yeah. out "What Is the Gospel" by Greg Gilbert. Yes, but this book, Sojourners and Strangers, is phenomenal. Very helpful. Um, don't agree with everything in it, so it's not like a full fledged endorsement because just any time there's a big book like that. It's tough to agree with 100% of things in there, but dude, we'd agree with like 90, 95% of the stuff that's in there. So really helpful. And so we're going to be going through the chapter, chapter four of um, Sojourners and Strangers, and it is on the gathering and sending of the church. Yeah, there you go. So one of the things, um, as we talk about the gathering and the sending of the church, um, 
we have talked before in other episodes, just kind of like what is the church, what's the purpose of the church, and those things. And it's just um, it's good that we remind ourselves that as believers, we believe that we are a part of the— if you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a part of the universal church. Um, but we also believe that— Explain universal church. So everyone goes to heaven? <laughs> no, but like globally, like around the world, all believers, um, all those who are Christ followers— um, and all those who have who have followed Christ and who have died, we're all a part of God's family, yep. and that God's church, the 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 people that that Christ redeemed on the cross. Capital C Church. Capital C. Capital. The Catholic Church. Mm, not yes, Roman Catholic. Not the Roman Catholic, but the global universal Catholic right. Church. Um, so we believe, if you're a believer, you are a part of that. However, we would say all believers. Um, should be a part of a local church, a local yeah, contextual. Um, you see people gathering, and we'll talk about this, these things, but a local church. So with that in mind, that's how we kind of dive into this idea of the church kind of sending or gathering and then sending and how that works. Yeah, and, and earlier we talked about um, just some characteristics of the church. We did this mm-hmm. in, a, in an earlier episode, but we also got it from Sojourners and Strangers, but... Um, three of the characteristics for that it is doxological, that mm-hmm. it's for the glory of God, that it's logocentric, that it's centered on the word, the the written word, mm-hmm. scripture, and the word incarnate, Jesus Christ. Yes. And then it's also um, pneumodynamic in that it is powered by the pneuma, pneuma, the, this Holy Spirit. And so it is um, Holy Spirit powered. It's not us relying on our own strength, but it's us relying on the strength of our, our God. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we're all running around speaking in tongues. I'm not trying to say that. Are you not saying that? Yes. Are I'm, you not not saying that? I'm not saying that. <laughs> yes. Um, we're not saying that tongues has necessarily wrong. ceased. Okay. Uh, okay. Not there yet. Okay. It's a whole other episode. <laughs> we can't get distracted. <laughs> yes. Um, cautious, but. Continuation. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I need to just stop and do myself in more okay. Yes. Anyway, no, pneuma dynamic. Yes, pneuma dynamic. Um, but in addition to that, um, this chapter gets into the fact that the church is covenantal, the church is confessional, the church is missional, and the church is spatio-temporal slash eschatological. And we're going to get into all four of those. Mm-hmm. So let's hop into covenantal. Yes. So we believe, and we've talked before about covenant theology and different, there's kind of like the three big covenants, but we believe that um, the way that the Lord works with his people are through covenants. Like mm-hmm. He, um, and, and some of these um, differ, they can kind of get confusing, but the most well-known and the most simple one is the covenant of grace. This is the covenant that the Lord has made um, with all who believe, that he has atoned for our sin, adopted us into his family. Um, he is right, He's our propitiation, and we're now in a covenant relationship with him. Yeah, inaugurated with the new covenant. Inaugurated. Biden's getting ready to get inaugurated. Um, Jesus, is that what you're saying, Rob? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but we believe that this is something that—, that Christ fulfills, right? We do not have the ability to fulfill that. Christ fulfills that for us. So um, uh, an example would be marriage. Think about a marriage. People enter enter into a covenant in marriage. However, in that situation, both um, parties or both people entering into the covenant are not able to keep the covenant fully or faithfully. You do at some point 
you strive, but you do fail, right? Um, however, Christ does not fail. So our covenant yeah, with amen. him. So we start talking about Christ, his covenant with all believers and the covenant he has with the church. So as a church, we have a covenant with the head of the church, which is Christ. And then we also have covenants with one another. So out of the covenant of grace, Christ redeeming us, atoning for our sins, regenerating us, making us new creations, we now seek to and walk in the covenant we have with Christ, and then we seek to, to walk in covenant relationship with one another. So this is why it's important that we belong to a local church, because we're believers saying to one another, I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to help carry you when you're weak, and you're going to help carry me when I'm weak. We're covenanting together. It's not just a, hey, we have a membership, you know, we're all it's not like your Costco membership where we all have the kind of same membership card. We, you know, it's it's a very sacred thing to to covenant together as church. So it's one of the the um, identities of the church is this covenant relationship, our covenant with Christ, our Redeemer, and our covenant with one another. Yeah, Amen. Um, how, how would someone enter into a church covenant? You marry the church. <laughs> There's a wedding ceremony. So it's kind of awkward. You don't see it in public a lot. No, but uh, we would say that's church membership. Now, yeah. people might have a little bit of a different term or whatever, but it's essentially the church, right? So all the, those who are already members and someone who's wanting to join saying, listen, this is what we believe. This is what Scripture teaches. And we're now promising, covenanting to hold each other to that standard. Yeah. Um, the hard part with church membership is it throws a lot of people off because they have terrible experiences with church membership. Yeah. But well, also just with membership in general, like the Costco the membership, mm-hmm. LA right. Fitness membership. Like, wait a second, I have to have a membership to go to a church? Right, yes. So, so the, yeah, the, the language is a little bit tricky. But when you begin to, to understand, and what I always say about membership is, I shouldn't say always, um, within the last six months, like, Membership is simply being explicit about what's implicit in the scriptures. Yeah. So that's well said. Scripture is very implicit that we are to love one another, uh, support one another, share each other's burdens, hold each other accountable, um, all these things. And so that what that takes that's implying a a, a covenant, a, a relationship that's very clear on paper. And that's all we're saying. Like, so a commitment, a commitment. Like we're committing to these things. So yeah. Yeah, amen. Good distinction. Hey guys, just wanted to break away from the riveting action to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible. The CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible is a visually immersive reading experience featuring over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations to provide a greater insight and understanding of the people, the places, and the things of Scripture. Uh, Book-specific introductions provide the setting and circumstances of writing for each book, and every image includes a descriptive caption to help the reader better understand what is pictured. Also included are over 275 full-length commentary articles, over 40 digging deeper call-outs, which are placed strategically throughout the Bible for further exploration. So if you are interested in picking one of these up, we have a copy. It is awesome. Highly recommend. Go over to csbholylandillustratedbible.com. Okay, so not only is the... Um, gathering of the church, not only is gathering of God's people, the church, um, covenantal, 
because mm-hmm. we see these promises made by God to his people and his people making these promises to follow him and then his people promising to follow yes. with one another. Um, but it's also confessional, mm. which was the second thing that they, they put there. And, and it's confessional in a couple of ways. So the way that Jonathan Lehman puts this. so well, this is with the booth, right? What? Oh, with, for, with the forgive Roman, me, Father, yeah, for I have sinned. Exactly. You, yes, confessions. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, this what, is this what we, is that what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. We set those up at our church too. <laughs> uh, presuming you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every oh, Sunday. Okay. Um, it gets a little. That uh, is not what we mean, actually. So Nine Marks produces a ton of great material on the doctrine of the church. Highly recommend that. Um, in particular, Jonathan Lehman has done a lot of great stuff on membership, and so when he talks about. Uh, membership and the church being confessional Mm -hmm. he makes the argument that um, the church the congregation comes together to decide the gospel what and the gospel who Mm -hmm. so flesh that out for us yes they they come together to say what is the gospel we as a people we're gathering around what we say the gospel is we have to have an agreement as to what the gospel actually is now our final authority in that if it's healthy, would be derived from the scriptures. And so if we say, yes, this is what we believe the scriptures mm-hmm. say, this yes. is the gospel what? Now, who among us agrees with this? Who among us confesses this? Mm-hmm. Who among us would agree with this confession that this is what the gospel is? And so as the body who has covenanted together, they're covenanting around a common confession to say, we confess yes. that this is what we believe the scriptures say, and we confess to the world that those who are a part of our membership mm-hmm. also agree with this, yeah. that they are followers of Jesus as well. And so we um, see this twofold confession of what it is and then who it is. So not only do the individuals have a a confession with God to say, Lord, I'm confessing my sin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm confessing that I am who you say I am, a fallen human being, who a sheep that has gone astray, who is in need of grace, who is in need of mercy, who is in need of redemption and regeneration and justification in all the terms. To confess that to God and then to depend on him, that's the first confession that needs to take place. Mm. And then we see the confession of the church where we just kind of went over the 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 who and the what where the church says yes like we are are gathering again together to corporately say we are the body and we together need to um, confess we need to confess not only our sin but we need to confess who who god is we need to proclaim as we worship who he is and why he's worthy of our worship one of the things that we try to do at our church is is be fairly liturgical Mm -hmm. not for the sake of being trendy yeah hipster i I mean in some circles it might be trendy in other circles it might feel like dead church but we try to be liturgical because every church is liturgical right that's a great they have a liturgy they have a flow yeah of how they um, organize their service. That's what a liturgy is. And, and ours, we try to start it with a call to worship because we mm-hmm. see in the scriptures we are called to worship God. Adam and Eve were, when everything was done, they were called to obey God and to to do what he commanded, which would be a form of worshiping him. And then, um, after our call to worship, we have a confession of sin. And we recognize, like, we haven't worshiped you the way that we were meant mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And then we have an assurance of grace 
and then um, we have the preaching of the word, and then we have a uh, time to respond, and then it was, so we try to set it up with the flow of the gospel. Someone mm-hmm. who recognizes, okay, I I am meant to worship mm-hmm. God. Yeah, created. Yeah, I have not done that. I have gone after other things. I've put other gods before him. I have made idols, and I now need to confess my sin. And then you receive assurance of pardon yeah. from God. Anyone who confesses their sin, you'll be just and righteous to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And so we remind our people of that. And so not only is the church confessional on an individual basis, but it's also confessional on a corporate basis. When we yeah. gather, we want to, to surround ourselves mm-hmm. around a confession, and we also want to corporately confess. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think it's it's interesting. We live in a, in a day and age, right, where the idea, like this idea or practice, is bizarre. I mean, truly, like yeah. when you imagine a group of people, um, and like you're asking them, confess to me what you believe. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, like I've never they couldn't even categorize categorize it all. Yeah, and they, I mean, they might say like, "Well, I believe in like." goodness and like liberty or or inequality or, or equality among all and equity or they might say some like terms but for for an individual or a, a club someone to be able to like just really confess like this is what like they have, might have mission statements and core values but like this is what we believe yeah we are confessing that and we're doing that so that we're all aware that we we're all sharing in that belief yeah right so that's like the church's practice of like this is what we all believe, right? And we're just like reminding one another. This is what we all what we all believe. Um, Robert and I have a good friend of ours, much older gentleman, and he would talk about how he would, um, like, daily he would remind himself of his wedding vows. Yeah. And just like we've talked about that before, Robert and I a lot, like how that's humbling and like that's there's a simple like I'm just reminding myself of what I've said I would do, what I said I would believe. I'm fulfilling that, you know? Yeah. And so even as, as believers on an individual um, level, like just professing like your, that confession, like, Lord, I, I need you. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm weary. And so that it runs against our culture. It runs against our flesh, right? But when you begin to speak out those words, not to be like weird, but when you truly like articulate that, Rob, you want to pick that call up? No. <laughs> um, who was it, Rob? Just tell us who it was. It's me, Madre. Yeah, Madre. How can we never have her on the on the podcast? No, doggone it. Golly, then. Tell Beth we said hello. I need to call her back, actually. Not right now, but that's the second time you need, time you need to hop off? Okay. Anyway, so so that's the point. I just want to add, like, it's, it's a great practice for us to remind ourselves and verbally, out loud, say, I mean, this is what I believe, despite my emotions, despite what the world says, despite my uh, the pullings of my flesh, my heart. Like, this is what I believe. This is what I'm striving towards. And that's one of the great benefits of the church being confessional. Yeah. So the third thing, Rick, I'm going to let you take this. Um, okay. If I can find it here. Oh, come on. This makes really good radio. Do you remember what the third thing is there, Rick? Yeah, it's we missional. So the thing is, the, the church is missional. missional. Yeah, church. missional. I'm gonna, I'll intro it, you take it from there. No, nope, <laughs> it's, it's covenantal, confessional, and then the third one is missional. Missional. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Um, Rick's church... Is missional. Um, can I buy a I'm vow? Really <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the church is missional. Um, I would say, like, one of the things that 
uh, we see throughout church history is that the church is to be sending, to be going, to be taking the gospel to other parts of the world that have not heard. Yeah. And the biggest way we know the church is missional is the fact that we are sitting 2,000 years later, thousands of miles yeah, away, massively different cultures, different rulers, and yet we have the scriptures, we know Christ, we, we, we have received the gospel. It is because the church has been missional. So if people are like, man, the church is just like messing up there. Well, maybe they are like in a snapshot. Yeah. But historically, absolutely not. The church is on the move. The church is missional. Yeah, so, the gospel continues to go forward. Yeah, and we see this, I mean, all through Scripture, we were talking about this before with um, the Great Commission passages, but Matthew 28, Acts 1, 8, all through Acts you see the church spreading and growing. Um, even though in Psalm 96, 3, it says, Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. That's, that's a commission for us as yeah. believers. And it, it makes sense. Like, okay, if Jesus is the only way to salvation for heaven, yeah. if Jesus is the only way to have true hope, true joy in this in this world, if Jesus is our creator, and, and uh, through that we can reconcile, not perfectly yet, but eventually we will, reconcile the world around us, why it is what it is, make sense of those things. If that's true, then how could we not be missional? How could we not yeah. tell our neighbor and, and send others to tell people around the world? So for the church, one of the ways we practice this, global, global missions, right? We send missionaries. We send people to go and preach the gospel, to, to live among unbelievers in different parts of the world, to establish churches that then plant other churches and that plant other churches. We do this by doing things like somewhat regionally, right? So a place that might be not as far, the ends of the earth, but it's um, it's like a Samaria. It's a different culture, different kind of way of thinking. These people are different. We send people there or, or our Jerusalem or, or our close, our Judea. So there's these different like areas, but we are to be a people who are intentional. So for each church, they have to be um, intentional with either, well, they have to be for sure intentional with equipping their people. Ephesians 4.11, this is the, the job of the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that they can then go, go to their workplaces, go to their neighbors, um, go to their family, and be the light of Christ. And we want people to, to be intentional with that. So it's good that you're kind. It's good that you're patient with people at work. But it's more than that. It's genuinely bringing up Jesus, talking about Jesus. Um, for our church, we talk a lot about gathering well and then scattering well, right? We want to see people going. And again, that includes overseas, but Lord willing, we'll get there one day. But right now, it's like going to your just to your places of work, to your homes, yeah, yeah. to your uh, schools, so that you can be missional and share Christ, because His glory is magnificent. We need to declare that to the nations. Yeah, and that goes right back to Allison's point that Allison. uh, the, the church is doxological, mm -hmm. is, is for the glory of God. The reason that we even, um, the reason that there are missions is because there are places where God's glory is not known to the degree that it, it but we want to see it known. That's right. And, and there aren't churches established. And so the, the end game of sending a missionary is to establish a healthy, thriving church. 
not just to have a guy boots on the ground sharing the gospel. Like we, that's wonderful. We want that, but we really want to see multiple believers, two or three, gathered and gathering themselves around the gospel and practicing the ordinances faithfully. And so we we want to see more churches yeah. established, and that's part of part of being missional. And missional is, is hard. It's not easy. So if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, we're missional, we, you know, and you're doing great, good things, like I'm all for that, you know, you're blessing your community, you're doing service trips, mission trips, but if it's not difficult, like, mm. I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm just saying, man, there, there should be, there should be difficulty there in mission. Like, yeah. we need to strive for that. So, that's yeah. it. All right, Rob. Okay, so the last one is that the church is spatio-temporal. That's Latin. Slash eschatological. So, spatio-temporal. Um, that is a fancy way of saying that the church is located in space and time. Mm-hmm. So, it's located at a geographical space at a specific time. Now, wait a second. Okay, so... Now wait just one yeah, minute just, there, Chauncey. Just slow that cart down. So you're saying the you church... You mean to tell me. <laughs> you mean to tell me. Oof. You're going to sit there <laughs> and tell me uh, the church is a building? Uh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said it's a place mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. Where is that place? It is wherever God's people gather. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So um, we we would say so it's a building. with Allison <laughs> that, <laughs> that the church is... So the reason he says spatio-temporal slash eschatological... Some big words there, Rob. This is called rather simple than, theology. I know. Rather than I'm and confused. eschatological is because the term eschatological, it means... Um, end times, like it's pointing to the end times. And so the church being spatiotemporal, meaning that it is in a specific place in time, a ge- geographic place at a certain time, while also pointing to the end times, mm-hmm. is saying that this group of believers who are gathering right here at this specific place, this is the clearest picture that you are going to see this side of heaven of what heaven looks like. Okay. This right here is mm-hmm. what the kingdom of God looks like on earth. The, these people gathering together around the preaching of the word mm-hmm. and the practice of the ordinances. This is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So, the as, king, as as close as, as it close, can, yeah. this side of yeah. yeah. And so, um, an illustration that uh, Jonathan Lehman uses when he's mm-hmm. describing this is um, embassies, and so. Mm-hmm. If there is the French embassy here in the States, when you step into the French embassy, mm-hmm. even though just a minute before you were in the United States, as soon as you step your foot onto that French embassy, you are standing in French territory, French mm-hmm. land. This is France. And so they say this is the clearest, this is as close to France as you're going to get here mm-hmm. without actually being in France. Yeah. And so he says when the church gathers together, Mm -hmm. this is the closest you are going to get to heaven where God's people are with him, this side of heaven. And so um, it's it's saying that, hey, here we are. We we are gathering a place that, I mean, it's the body, (coughs) the body of Christ. So there has to be a, an arm, a leg, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. to be all these things coming together. And it's gathered in a a specific place. Place and time, and so it would. It's not helpful if 
we gather at separate times throughout the day in the same particular place where mm. we're not actually all Assemble coming together, together to, to see what the, the full picture looks like. Are you locked in one assembly? I I am convinced of one assembly, but I'm not like, uh, I'm not going to beat it over somebody's head. Okay, that's yeah. good. But if the Lord allows, mm-hmm. um, our our church will try to stay one assembly. I mean, we may not really have a choice because we might just always stay small. <laughs> but if the Lord allows us to grow, um, then we're going to do everything we can to stay, to yeah. stay one assembly. So people who hear this and they think, okay, so the, so Sunday morning, the church yeah. is the closest thing to heaven. And they, in any given city, town in this country, mm-hmm. you can find churches that are just completely different. Um, yeah. I mean, the experience, like almost everything is completely different. So how is that, uh, is all of that a picture of heaven or, or like what part of that is a picture of heaven? Because we all have very um, common experiences with Sunday gatherings that are very, very diverse. So what I mean is like we've all been to the church where it's just dead, right? No mm-hmm. one's excited to be there. Yep. Very, very like monotone, half the people are asleep, all that stuff, or the places where it's like a rock show and yep. you leave with like a headache and your ears ringing and um, lasers in your eyes. Yeah, right. So uh, what? So break that down a little bit. Yeah, without being... Um, without being judgy. Yeah, without being judgy, stickler or whatever. Um, because even though I'm, I'm convinced of one assembly, I, I'm not over here mm-hmm. saying that those other churches are in, are in sin. Right, um, right. So we, the principle of being spatiotemporal slash eschatological, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, things that would make it look like heaven is the people of God gathering where the thing that they're gathering around mm-hmm. is the faithful preaching and teaching of the word of God and the gospel Yes, and the faithful practice of the ordinances in baptism in the Lord's Supper. So those two things, okay, faithful preaching of the word, faithful practice of the ordinances where God's people come together to do those things. Mm-hmm. That is the clear, clearest picture that we're going to see of uh, the kingdom of heaven, yeah. this side of heaven in that, in that spot where mm-hmm. that is happening, mm-hmm. that is kingdom of God territory. Okay. Because this is what I'm kind of getting at because yeah. it is magnifying Christ and it's it's we're worshiping, adoring Him, and loving one another well. Is, yeah. is that too simple? Is that too simplified of a summary? Or you know what I'm saying? Like like you're saying we're gathering for the 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 worship, the adoration, and the proclamation of the gospel, and we're observing these ordinances. And in that, we're getting a glimpse into. Yeah. Because I guess what I don't want people to think is. Man, I'm I'm thinking of my Sunday service, and that's heaven. Like, heaven's just my Sunday service on steroids. And it's like, well, y- no, y- yes, and no. Yeah, yeah. It's like you actually you're not quite seeing um, what we're talking about. If if that is a bummer to you, if you're hearing us say that, you're like, dang, that's a bummer. Then you're missing what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So so what what I would what I would say is that if you don't enjoy gathering with the people of God, then you're not going to enjoy heaven. If you don't enjoy worshiping God, then you're not going to enjoy heaven. And so the the greatest spiritual experience, and this might be too bold, but I don't think it is, the greatest spiritual experience that you can have on your own, out in nature, mm-hmm. or in your office, right, um, is not 
is going to be less like a picture of the kingdom of heaven uh-huh. than one of the most boring quote unquote services that you could have um, at church, so long as they are still preaching the gospel and rightly practicing the ordinances. Yeah. Okay. So that, that quote unquote boring gathering right, right, right. that does those two things uh-huh. will look more like the kingdom of heaven than the cloud nine unbelievable spiritual experience that you have on your own often nature. Okay. That is a bold statement. Because you're gathered with the people of mm-hmm. God who are centered around worshiping God. I'm Heaven is not you. going to be an isolationist experience. It's not just going to be you and God. It's going to be you with the with the people of God. I like it. One thing I would say, I, I, I would say there are definitely times or seasons where we feel weary or discouraged about our gatherings. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Don't feel like, well, dang, I'm discouraged about Sunday mornings. I must hate heaven. Yeah, um, that's but a good I, I would say, like, the our hope is is that th- when we are assembled in glory before the throne, um, where we will all be together, we will all be worshiping, magnifying the Lord, celebrating and glorifying Him. In that we are together, mm-hmm. right? We're we, we we're one family. We've been via baptism. The Lord has sustained us, and via His covenant with us held us secure, right? Mm-hmm. That's what communion reminds us of. And so we, we will just glory in what the Lord has done, and it will be magnificent for all eternity. Um, yeah, I think the Lord, the verse that you quote a lot, Psalm 1811, um, the Lord says, at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. 1611. 1611. Yeah. And in your presence there is fullness of joy. Yes. And this idea that like in glory, if glory sounds boring to you, if if you think of heaven, you think, man, I'm, it sounds kind of boring. Then just you have the wrong idea. Yeah, yeah. You have the wrong, and, and keep in mind, like you and your finite human mind cannot conceive yeah. what heaven will be. So take great heart in that. Yeah. But as the church, the Lord is our hope, and we seek to be because of His covenant with us, our covenant with one another, mm-hmm. and our clear confession of what we believe, which then puts us on mission, which is a gathering of a church. This is the the beauty of the the rhythm as, as a church in a place and times that has the rhythm of gathering and then sending. We gather to worship. We gather to yeah. to hear the gospel. We gather to baptize. To partake of communion. We scatter. As mission, we scatter to, to proclaim and share our confession. This is what the church does. Yeah. I mean, gathering to, to get a taste of heaven and then scattering to tell people about the Savior um, who we will worship together in heaven. I like it. Yeah. All right. Anything else on this? That's it. All right. Thanks, guys. Hopefully this is helpful. Love you all. Happy New Year. 2021. Go Bucks. Peace. Peace.